Welcome, everyone. This episode is on Ashted, a UK listed equipment rental business. It owns Sunbelt Rentals in the US and competes with United Rentals in the US. Pretty interesting company. We explore in this episode while we've been studying the business for the last few years. Um, we discuss, among many other things, the favorable market structure, history of consolidation in the industry, the favorable unit economics, mainly from specialty, but also from general tool business, and then the potential risks in rate pricing and cyclicality. Please enjoy. And as always, please do your own research. Nothing here is investment advice. Hello. Ashted is up. And um, what we have here, uh, I want to ask you why you've been looking at this business. Um, in a recent piece you wrote, these are your words, historically, equipment rental has been described as a deeply cyclical commoditized business that struggled to earn its cost of capital throughout the cycle. Um, so what, what are we doing with Ashton? This is the major question. I think I, I first came across this actually via United Rentals, which I used to cover on the credit side. So this was a... I mean, th these businesses have typically been highly levered uh, and still are fairly highly levered to to finance acquiring the, the, the equipment to then rent out. And so... I used to cover it on the credit side, mainly United, and there was a and there was another one, Loxam, which is French, PE owned, and obviously used Ashton as a comp. That was when I was mainly doing credit stuff, but and then just realised that this was just a much better business and actually structurally advantaged. So I think a couple of the key takeaways from studying Ashton specifically is that it benefits from huge economies of scale uh, from the density of equipment within geographies. So what they do very simply is, it's a, it's a simple business model. They acquire equipment from OEM. So think Caterpillar, JCB, all these big machinery, you know, aerial forklifts and, and you know, various different platforms required, aerial platforms for mainly for construction, but also for you know, power and, and various other things like that. So mainly non-residential, some residential construction. And, and so they go to JCB, Caterpillar and say, I want to buy a bunch of your equipment you know, at scale, obviously much more than, than a single manufacturing customer that might use a piece of equipment. They buy billions uh, of, of equipment per year at a discount because they're buying so much. Then they rent it out to, to customers. And... And so with the scale they have versus a, a mom and pop, they, they get better scale, uh, better density, so more equipment per kilometer, which equals better availability, which causes better turns on the equipment and better, you know, better returns um, in terms of dollar utilization and returns to domestic capital, et cetera, et cetera. So you just get this structural advantage over, over the smaller independents that's been playing out for decades now and they've been taking market share. I think, I can't remember from my notes exactly, but I, I think it was pre-crisis, United and Ashted had, I think, around 10% market share. And now they have, you know, double or treble that. 
So the market is consolidating rapidly to to the big players. And so it, it's it's a very simple business, and but obviously linked to the cycle um, and also bundled with cyclicals. So if you are an industrial analyst and you, you know, this comes under your remit and, and what you do is you model out construction demand and spend. And then when it dips, you, you sell Ashdead and <laughs> United, you know? And so it's been in, it's been bucketed with these highly cyclical businesses, which still might be true, but I think the question that we've been exploring is given the changes in the last 10 years of the market structure, given the persistent solid returns on invested capital and high ROE, so I think it earns you know, mid to high teens of return on invested capital and a bit higher ROEs, or much higher ROEs because it's levered. That's been fairly stable. And they've been taking market share, growing organically, higher sing- high, high single digit organically, plus they acquire assets. So there's a very long runway of growth in a big market, favorable market structure, good economic unit economics. But it's this, you know, how, how cyclical and, and, and really how structurally advantaged is, is this a structurally growing business or is it more just a, is it more just a very long cycle that we've benefited for from over the last, you know, 15 years? So that, that's been kind of the basis of, you know, because it, it, it trades relatively cheaply if you think it is that structurally advantaged you know you saw some of the free cash flow that that it churned out in covid when it stopped spending so what happens is they they buy the equipment right so let's say you go to jcb caterpillar you buy a billion dollars of equipment you then you know that becomes you you buy that at discount to book value so like 20 percent of book value you then go to customers and you say Hey, Mr. Customer, here's, here's, the, here's the piece of machinery. They rent it out. They pay you a day rate, a week rate. And you typically hold that for two, three years, and then you, you churn the equipment, right? So you turn it over. You go to the secondary market. You sell it. You typically sell it a book value or close to book. So you get so they're making money on the trading and disposal of the equipment, and they replenish that into new equipment. And, yeah, so, so, so really what's been what, – what the question is is, Firstly, how stable is that free cash flow? We saw in COVID when they stopped replenishing that equipment, i.e. they stopped the growth capex. So they, they replenished the equipment to, to kind of, you know, to have a stable amount of assets. And what they do on top of that, because they're growing, they've, they've spent, they've called it, they've got growth capex is on top of that replacement capex. So in during COVID, we saw the replenishment spend Consistent, but the growth capex declined a lot, and it just churned out a bunch of free cash flow. And so you've got a sense of how of how much cash it generates. But what we've been exploring over the last few months or six months actually is a you know is really a, a couple of key questions around the cyclicality, and and then really you know how resilient is this business? Why is history plagued with lots of bankruptcies in in equipment rental? Both in Europe and the US, and why? Why is this business able to persistently earn, you know, twenty plus ROEs in, in just a huge market? What have you learned? I think it is more durable today, far more durable than it was pre-crisis, pre-08. 
for a couple of reasons I think that we've explored and we're still exploring in more detail. The first one is just the first one's just the market structure where these players have just so much more market share today. Now, firstly, equipment rental has gone from 40% to nearly 60% in the last 15, 16 years. So customers are more reliant on renting. And like I said, the United Rentals and Ash or Sunbelt in the US mainly I'm talking about. So they had 9, 9% combined market share in 2010. 2020, they had 25%. Yeah, so two and a half times more concentrated the, the, the market is. So you, you just have these scale benefits and, and also the customers were more reliant on rental. It gives you that better market structure, more durable demand and more important part of the value chain that these, these companies serve. What's happened to OEMs in this period? Well, this is a good question because the OEMs haven't really got a choice, right? I mean, Ash said they're spending, I mean, wait a second, they're spending, yeah, I mean, they're spending $2 billion of pounds sterling, sorry, in equipment a year, right? There's no, there's no, you could, there's no manufacturer that spends that every year on, on, on buying JCBs, right. Or, or aerial platforms, you know, so, and, and, and so they, they know they've got a very important customer in Ashton and United. So, they, so they, they've got more ba- bargaining power in the value chain, right. Which, and, and that, that doesn't seem to be decreasing at all. Again, they're taking market share because they're acquiring mom and pops. And the mum and pups just can't compete with the with the scale and uh, replenishing the equipment. So you've got new equipment and all that kind of stuff. So so that that market structure is highly favourable for Sunbelt and United to continue keep taking share. The the other thing that's more I've been looking at a lot, which I'm still trying to get my head around, and and, and which is the big question for me is pricing. So in the last crisis. Your pricing hit the floor because everyone had all this equipment around and then just wanted to get rid of it. Obviously, you know, if you go and buy again two billion of, of equipment, you got it in your balance sheet. Well, it's it's depreciating every every year, right? So you got to get that out. You got to turn. You, you know, you got to get return on that piece of equipment. You got to turn it over very rapidly every year. So what happens in when demand drops? This is the big question now for Ashdod. Well, when, when demand drops. You got pieces of metal lying around. If no one wants it, you just you know the people are just dropping their price. So I think rates declined thirty odd percent. I think in during oh eight oh nine, which just crushed the returns, crushed the earnings. Then you've got they were highly levered, so you know the stocks dropped you know, massively. On in some people went bankrupt and had to restructure, and, and so it was a tricky time because because of the rates. Now, who knows how they will react in it if the cycle turns again. But we got a sense for potentially why these companies might be more disciplined in COVID. Now, I know COVID wasn't a proper recession, but rates didn't move much. And there is an argument, some of the former execs we've spoken to, we've discussed this a lot, is why, why may these companies be more disciplined? And he mentions a few things. Firstly, he mentions the the transparency across the market in pricing and how and how to optimize pricing. So it's kind of like a 
you know, it's like a, there's a, I can't remember the company now. It's, it's there's basically an internal a third party business that provides almost daily rates transparently to the market. So if you've got this piece of equipment, this is the daily rate. And so when everyone knows the rate in the market, they don't tend to discount heavily. Now, whether that changes in a in a when you have the shit hits the fan is a, is a completely different question. But more more price and discipline, better market structure. And the third thing, which we've also explored a lot on in our primary research over the last six months, is this new specialty business, which diversifies the bigger players a lot, which is now 25 to up to 30% of their revenue, which is a big help in dampening the cyclicality, right? So they have the general tool business and they have the specialty business. General tool is typically linked to construction, market growth, or even more cyclical. And specialty is obviously not as much linked. And that's, it can be everything from HVAC, trench, pumps, portable toilets. You know, there's a bunch of different stuff in there that is just linked to, not linked to, 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 to construction and markets. And that is, that's also ridiculously higher margin as well. So much higher cash margins and specialty, which is, yeah, so these businesses are very different. They're, they're very, they look very different today than they have for the last 15 years. And if you can pick these up at mid-teens multiple and it's earning, you know, 20 plus ROEs, right, with a, with a, with a huge runway and a massive market, it's pretty interesting. Anything particular from, I guess you've laid out, what you've learned from experts in the space. Uh, anything that surprised you for any of the calls that you've done? Yeah, the the returns on specialty was... <laughs> the returns on the specialty equipment is is unbelievable. So specialty is like a... a I mean, one... It's, it's, it's one segment, but it's really 20 different segments. They're completely different businesses, right? You have, they have climate control and air quality, scaffolding, pump solutions, flooring solutions, lighting businesses, industrial tools, tr- you know, trenches, power. And, you know, so it's, it's, they're, just, they're just completely different businesses. And where they're so differentiated, and, and this is, they're also, it's kind of white space. I mean, they're running, they're running 100% cash return on investment on the equipment per year on some of these specialty business, on sp- some of the specialty equipment. So if they buy it for a billion, they get a billion in cash back, you know, which is, whether that's durable or not is a different question, but it is, and you can see that the explosion in the, in the margins for, for both Ashton and United over the last, called it seven years, which is, which is mainly coming from specialty, I think. What kind of growth rate do you think is realistic for this business? And... How sustainable, what sort of assumptions are you making around how sustainable? I think if you look over 10, 15, 20 years, there's no doubt these boat, this market's going to be more consolidated. They're going to take market share. They've got a huge runway in specialty. The big, big question is, are you going to lose half your money right, in, on the way? And, and you know, can, can you deal with that volatility, basically? Because, and, and even if you can... What is the extent of that vol that you know could 
could could put the equity really in question because you know, this business this this industry has had many different bankruptcies in the past. And if you if you know if 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 the shit does really hit the fan and and there is less, I mean the construction market comes to a halt. I mean it might not be as bad as I or nine, but if you start getting ten, five ten percent declines in construction market, no one's going to be renting your stuff. You know, and you've got huge amount of fixed assets that is well, equipment that's just sitting around. And that, that's 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 the big question. So it's about discipline. It's about well, pricing discipline, management discipline, quality of the capital allocation. I think they have a, just a, a, a natural arbitrage in the equipment where because they're so big, they buy at a discount, right? It's very, it's very simple. It's like someone's free money. Right, they they buy at a twenty percent discount to book value from the from 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 the OEM, and they mark it. So 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 the asset is effectively marked below book value, and into and then they go and monetize that asset, right? And then they go and sell it in two three years at book value. So they get no, they get you know they're making money on the on 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 book, plus they're earning the cash return from renting it out. And like you said, the question is if we do if we do see a, a big hiccup in the cycle, how will these businesses perform? Now, if and when it we do see a hiccup and it's resilient, then it then it, it you know it's it's pretty interesting because management is they're you know they're they're forecasting just they keep upping guidance and it's it's pretty incredible. What have you learned about the people, the quality of the people running the business? Yeah, I've never spoken to Brendan, but he seems like a equipment rental lifer. He's been working there for his whole career. And the few people that I have spoken to uh, really like him. And they, one of the guys said that everyone likes him. So I think he's one of those people that have been, he's not a hired gun in the sense of, you know, been parachuted in, doesn't know the business. He's really worked his way up. From, and he's been in the industry for twenty more than twenty five years, right? Yeah, and he's so he's pretty young, right? For so he's forty mid forties, I think, and he's it's running a decent sized business. So long runway, long runway. If he can do this for another 10, 15 years, it's an, it's an interesting story. What can um, our subscribers find in the library? On the business, I guess much of what we just discussed, but in, in more detail, I guess we've we've you know, like I said, I've been exploring a couple of key things. Firstly, is just the cyclicality and why this business might be different to to previous cycles. So it's a lot of work going back and studying what uh, United Rentals bought a couple of businesses from bankruptcy, so we, we interviewed a few people from there to understand why they went bankrupt, and then a lot of work on pricing. And yeah, just broadly a lot of work on and a lot of work on specialty, and then just trying to get a sense for for those questions. Right? Is is how durable is this? How resilient is this to, to cyclical pressure? And yeah, and, and 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 are these cash returns real? So pretty interesting stuff. 